not okay, okay? So we have to make sure that whatever's been imparted into us, that it is the truth. It is the word of God. That's why it's very important that we know our Bible. We know what God says about it. Now, we're going back to the book of Revelations, chapter number 9. We're going back to the book of Revelations, chapter number 9. And we're dealing with the three woes. The three woes in the seventh trump, the last of the seven trumpets. It is so diabolical. If you're not careful, you might be afraid of, of what's happening. But you've got to understand what God is actually saying. Now, in verse number 3, uh, in Revelations, chapter number 9, it says this. And there came out of the smoke, talking about this false doctrine that's coming up from this bottomless pit where these angels have been uh, uh, imprisoned. He says, and, he, uh, and there came out of the, the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, look at these simple words, as the scorpions, the earth have power. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions, uh, the scorpions of the earth have power. All right, now, before we get to talk about this locust, there's some things we need to under, understand. It talks about how these locusts, they, they were given power. They didn't have power. Now, it's not talking about natural locusts, and we will see that as we continue in the scriptures. It said it was given power, okay? But then it says, as uh, the scorpions, the scorpions of the earth had power, all right? Now, you've got to understand this. In the natural, uh, when, you look, when you go to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 30, I think it's verse 27, locusts do not have a leader. They don't have a leader. They have no king, is what the Bible says. That They go in bands. When they go in bands, in other words, they are united with one another. They're united. They don't have a leader. All right? You have to keep that in mind. They do not have a leader. Now, they've been given some instructions here. Okay? Uh, we find that uh, in verse number four it says, And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, Neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those, watch this, only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. All right? They were given instructions. They were given instructions. Now, how do I know, how do I know that things they're speaking of is, is pertaining to what God is saying. We've got to understand also in the book of Jude, it talks about dealing with this, just going back with this false, doc, uh, false doctrine. In the book of Jude, in that chapter number one, it talks about these men that had crept in unaware, and they were misleading the people. Uh, uh, they were misleading them when it, in regards to God's grace. They were teaching, <laughs> they were teaching, and they were turning the grace of God, it says, into lasciviousness. Now, lasciviousness is sinful pleasure. 
See, nowadays it's like you can do whatever you want to. You can still go to hell. The devil is a lie. <laughs> because he talks about sinful pleasure. This is what they were teaching. This false doctrine. This false doctrine they were teaching. All right? Now, here they've been given the instructions not to hurt anything that was said green or grass, which means that had life, but only those that had not uh, had not received uh, the seal of God in their forehead. Because the latter part of verse 4 says, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. In other words, they, had the, they, they were given the authority to, to touch those that were not saved. Now, that's why it's so important that before the end of time, during this time of the end, in time, of the end of time, if we are not saved, we need to get saved. Because there are some things that will be uh, uh, transpiring, and it's going to get rough during that time. It's going to really get rough. So they've been instructed now, don't hurt anything that has life. But what you're going to do is those that, that does not have the seal of God, you remember in one of the, and I think it was in, in the, the seals, uh, the breaking of the seven seals, the people of God was given a mark in their forehead. They were, they were, they were marked. God's people will be protected, okay? God's people will be protected. But if you're not saved, and see, we're not just talking to, to the local people. We're talking to people worldwide. Worldwide people, you need to understand, you need to get saved. You need to get under the ark of safety before it's too late. I, I, I can't tell you, okay, go get a car, I mean, go get this, that. No, I'm not concerned about that because all that stuff is temporal. But what I am concerned with and what the Lord is concerned with is do you know Jesus Christ? You, you need that seal of protection so you won't have to go through a whole lot of stuff because, like I said, it's going to get rough, all right? Now, I'm going to show you some things about this locust, all right? Now, it says in, in verse, verse number 5, it says in verse number 5, there in Revelation chapter number 9, because we're talking about that, that first woe. It says, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, talking about the unsaved, but they shall be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of scorpions when he striketh a man. In other words, there's going to be a great suffering but it gives him a time frame how long the, torment, the, the tormenting is going to take place. All right? If you're not saved, you, you, I can't even begin to imagine what, what, it, what it is going to be like or what, it will, what God will allow to be brought up on this earth so you can be tormented until some will come to Christ and some will not. Some will not repent. The Bible says that no matter, no matter what they go through, they will not repent. But what God is doing, he's basically giving us a foreplay of what's going to happen. This is what he's saying. This is, if you're not saved, you have to make sure you get saved. Church, everybody out there, unbelievers, get saved. Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. All right? Because you remember now, we're talking about these three woes. It means grief, grief, grief. And look at verse number 6, okay? How difficult it's going to be, the suffering. It says in verse 6, Revelation chapter number 9, 
it says, and in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. Can you imagine wanting to die and can't? Can you imagine you want to die? You're suffering so much. You're in so much pain that you want to die. You, you're begging God to take you out of this world, and, and you can't. You won't be able to die. You've got to go through the suffering. You've got to go through the suffering if you're not saved. You're going to be tormented. You think some people are being tormented, you know, like the last couple of weeks, I'm like, Lord, have mercy. I feel like I'm being tormented. I mean, just had that dream again, you know, being oppressed, you know, not being able to break free, you know, in, in my sleep and seeing things that's there. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I mean, when you get to a place where you can't come up out of your sleep and something is, is, is holding you down and you're groaning, and then I understood what it says that we don't know how to pray, you know, that the Spirit prays for us with groaning. Well, I was groaning. I was literally groaning in order to break that, that, that spirit that was holding me down. I could hear myself groaning. I could hear it. So you can imagine, you know, whatever the Lord is going to allow, because, see, God is still on the throne. And whatever he allows, it's going to happen. Whatever he says in his word, it is going to happen. People are going to want to die and can't. That's scary, that the suffering will be so bad, the pain will be so bad that you'll want to die. You want God to take you out of this world. And he said, no, no, you're going to have to go through it. That's why we as, we as believers should be concerned about those that are lost, should be concerned about those that are lost. Because once you know what's going to happen, then you wouldn't want that to come up on anybody. All right? You would not want anybody to go have to go through that. Now, keep your place in the book of Revelation, chapter number 9. And we're going to go to the book of Job. Job, uh, Job chapter number 3. We're going to the book of Job. Job chapter number 3. Job, Job chapter 3. And we're going to look at, yeah, verse number 21. We're going to look at verse number 21. Remember now, they were longing for death, right? And they go, they want to die, and they can't. Now, in Job chapter number 3, verse 21 says this. He talks about which long for death, but it cometh not, and dig for it more than for treasure. Now, in other words, they're going to, it would be to the point where they're going to want death to come to them, and it's almost like when you find a pot of gold, you really go after that pot of gold, they're going to be really trying to go after death, but death won't come. I mean, I don't want to be here. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be here. You know, where I'm longing to die and can't. I just continue to suffer. So that's what's going to be happening in that first world. Now, let's let's go on back because there's some... Uh, uh, Quite a bit here, not quite a bit, but we won't get to finish this um, today. But we, we're going to do as much as we can. 
going back to the book of Revelations, chapter number 9, and we're going to look at verse number number 7. Remember now, we talked about that smoke, the false doctrine, and then it talked about the locusts that were going to be coming out. All right. Now, verse number 7 gives us a little bit more insight when it deals with the locusts. All right. Now, verse 7 says, and the shapes, I want you all to look at this, and the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, that's a key word here, as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. These are the carriers of the false doctrine because it begins to give that description about the locusts here. And then in verse number 8 it says, And they had hair as the hair women, and their teeth was as the teeth of lions. Lord help Jesus. And they had a breastplate, nine, and they had breastplates as it was breastplates of iron, not being able to be uh, penetrated. And the sound of their wings were as the sounds of chariots of many horses running to battle. Sound like they are going to be in war. That's what it sounds like. The description, all right? The, 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 the armor that they're having, and, and, and it talks about the sound. It's just like a, a lot of them, they're numerous, okay? Then verse number 10 uh, in Revelation chapter 9, it says this, And they had tails like, everything is a, a similitude of, And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. That word, that five there, you know, normally that five there means grace. But at this point, grace is not going to be shown. Because, <laughs> see, what's happening is they got to be tortured. In other words, God will, you step back. You couldn't receive me, so there it is. Take it on. You said you can handle it without me, so there it is. Torment no, no grace. See, so that's the problem now. We, 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 we're so leaning on grace and doing whatever we want to, but it, it don't work that way. After a while, it's going to be time no more is what the Scripture says. It's going to be time no more. God's going to pull back that grace and say, okay, this is it. This, this is it, what God's going to do. That's why it's so imperative that we allow people to, to hear the gospel through our mouth. It's not just from the mouth of a preacher. All of us are preachers. We all should be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the great commission. Anybody that you see, I had a phone call this morning. Weird, but I invited him to come to church. Can't even go into all that, but nevertheless. <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless. Now, 
They're going to hurt men for five months is what it said. They're going to be tormented. Now, let's look at verse 11 in Revelation chapter 9. It says, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. See, Apollyon, uh, that name means destroyer. The, it said they had a leader. Now, when, when, you, when we read that about locusts, they don't have, in the natural, they don't have a leader. But at this particular time, when, 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 that, when that army come forth, and we're going to deal with that army, you're going to understand that they have to have a leader. And they will have a leader. And that leader will be teaching them uh, how to destroy. It's going to be about total destruction, total annihilation. Not total, but it's everything now, right now, is not the fullness of it because it says a third. Every time you read it, it says the third, a third, a third, a third, okay? Now, uh, verse number 12, verse number 12, verse number 12 says in Revelation chapter number 9, it says, one woe, grief, is past. And behold, there come two woes more hereafter. Now, if we think that that that's, that season of grief where you're going to desire to, to want to die and can't die, then the next two even gets even worse. Well, this, this, the next one gets worse, but then something has happened on, on that seventh one, okay? But we, we were only going to deal with that, the second woe today, all right? We're going to, we dealt with the first. They're going to want to die and can't. going to be tormented, all right? Now... You, we have to understand we've got to keep our heads and our minds to the point where we're into the Word and we know what God's Word is saying so we won't be taking in false doctrine because false doctrine is out there. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Wrong teaching. Everywhere. Okay? Now, verse, uh, let me see. Verse number 13, it says, And... Here we now. Here we go. Talking about the second woe. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. Watch this, verse 14. Uh, it, it says, saying, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which abound in the great river Euphrates, which abound in the great river Euphrates. I'm going to read the next few verses, and then we, we're going to expound on some other areas here. Now, it says um, in the great river Euphrates, we're going to deal with that. And verse 15 says, And the four angels was loose, which were prepared for an hour, a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. There will be some massive destruction, but we're still talking about a third. And verse 16 says, And the number of the army of the horsemen was 200,000 thousand, and I heard the number of them. It's talking about that 200 million man army. Okay? Now, let's deal with this, this Euphrates River. Euphrates River. Now, if you know, and if you've been, had any type of studies or, 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 or been any kind of 
hearing of knowledge that's transpiring around the world, the, the Euphrates River is drying up. It's drying up. It has a purpose, and there is a prophecy in regards to the Euphrates River. That's why we got to know where we are when it comes down to the end time, to how close we are, because the Bible will tell us exactly where we are. Right now, Euphrates River is drying up, has been for quite some time. It hasn't got to the fullness of the drought, but it will, okay? Now, let's look at, let's look at now, uh, Revelations chapter number 16. Revelations chapter number 16. Revelations chapter number 16. Uh, now we're talking about the vows, the six angels that poured out the vows. But it gives us an insight to the Euphrates River and why. Now, verse number 12 in Revelations chapter number 16 says this. Um, and the sixth angel poured out his, his vow upon the great river, what? Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. It has to dry up in order, when he talks about the kings of the east, has to come through by the means of the Euphrates River, okay? So it's, this is all prophecy. Things have to happen, all right? He talked about the four angels being loose. You remember that? The four angels being loose, you know, and, and, and they are loose from up under the Euphrates River. All right. Now, Revelation chapter 16, it goes on and tells us why uh, the Euphrates River is doing what it's doing. It, 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 some things will say, oh, uh, it's because of the rainfall. I mean, not getting enough rain, and this is why it's drying up. Uh, no, no, no. Mm-mm, that's not it. Uh, well, the, the reason why it's drying up is it is because it is part of prophecy that's been written in the book of Revelation. It has to do that. It has to do that. God has revealed that. It has to dry up. It's none of this climate, what do you call it, climate, <laughs> uh, environmental thing, climate, you know, some climate control and all that, something wrong with our climate. No, it's part of prophecy. It has to dry up. Because it has to make a way for that armor. You remember when we read over there in Revelation chapter 9? When it talks about uh, this, this 200 uh, uh, man army that's going to be coming. And they're going to be coming through that, that, that Euphrates River because it's dried up. Now we need to know who are those kings of the east. Got to know who they are. All right? That's why everything you see in playing out now with the war between uh, uh, going on in Israel. All it's doing is, is, is a foretaste of what is yet to come. This has to happen. All of it is not real. Some of it is and some is not. But it's just a foretaste of what is coming. It has to come. It, you know, we, 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 we talk about um, uh, I'm going to be gone when, you know, some people that ain't saved ain't going to still be here. And some folks that's not living right, you know, that, that's in the body that's not ready. Some of them are going to be here too. All right? But but now let's go. Now we're going to go to Ezekiel. Now here we go. Ezekiel chapter number 38. Ezekiel, book of Ezekiel, chapter number 38. Ezekiel chapter number 38. Okay. You know, it talks about the kings of the east. 
kings of the east. Some of you have heard this. Some have not. The kings of the east. We've got, we got to know who they are, who the players are. If you don't know who the players are, then you won't know what's going on and where you are. You, you won't know what part you are in, when it comes down to the end time. Now, Ezekiel chapter number 38, it says this, verse number 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog. Now, that G-O-G, that, that Gog, that is, it represents a national leader. We dealt with some of this on Wednesday night. It, 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 it represents that national leader. It says the land of Magog. Now, Magog is Russia. Well, somebody might say, well, let me see. Now, because you've got to go back with the ancient names to bring it up to the modern-day names, all right? We might say, well, Russia is not involved. Well, eventually, Russia will be involved in what we're seeing going on right now, eventually. They are players in the end time, all right? They are players in the end time. Now, it also says uh, the chief prince of Meshik, which is Moscow, all right? And it says Antubel, which is Turkey. Uh, then he says, prophesy against him. And verse number 3 in, in, in Ezekiel chapter number 38, it says, And say, thus said the Lord God, Behold, I am against, God is speaking, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. In other words, you know, when you come down, you've got different uh, names that is used in the modern day time because Tubal also means Assyria and also it represents Turkey. All right? You got to understand these are these Mid East countries over there. All right? You got to know the, the, the locale. One of my friends always talk about where Jesus walked. That's what she says. She said, where Jesus walked. <laughs> okay? Now, now, verse number four says this. It says, and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling the sword. So we've, we have numerous players here that's going to that's gonna be involved. But God says, I'm against them. Now, in verse number 5, when it says Persia, Persia is the modern-day Iran. Okay? Then it says Ethiopia and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. All right. When you look at it, you see all these different places, you know, in, in the Middle East, all these different places, even down to, to Western Africa, all right? Now, I, I shared this before. What, what they have formulated, uh, they have put together, is what they call the brick nations. The brick nations. Because they no longer want to be under huh, the, 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 the domain of the U.S. currency, okay? So they form their own nations. Now, the BRIC nations, look at these nations, is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. 
Now, when you look at it, China has, I mean, a humongous army. When all those different countries bring their, bring their armies together and make that journey through the Euphrates and do what God has ordained or prophesied for it to do, it's going to be all hell break loose. It's really going to be something. That's why we have to know the players. We have to know the players. See, a lot of times we say, well, that don't concern me. Yes, it does. It does concern me, you all. It it concerns us. No matter what they do, no no matter the battle, the Bible has said specifically that Israel, the true Israelites, (laughs) will not be wiped out. They they won't be. It will not come into non-existence. Now, let me throw this tidbit over there. Now, when Israel, the children of Israel, disobeyed God because they were not worshiping God, what God did was he scattered them. He scattered them everywhere. When you see all those coming back, I'm not talking about the ones that's over there now. That does not mean that that's them. No. There has to be a reestablishment. They have to come back. And once they, they end up back into that, to the homeland, the holy land, and to Jerusalem, and you're going to see, it says, uh, they're going to come up against Israel from the mountains of Israel. All these different nations going to join up together, and they're going to come up against Israel, but they will not be successful. They're not going to be successful they're not going to be successful the bible has said so god has spoken it will there be casualties yes there are always casualties of war there are always some but we got to understand these nations are going to come up against israel the true israelites that's that's going to be uh come back this way they're going to be god's going to gather them back in and then everything is going to take place now Verse, uh, it talks about in verse number, I think it's verse number 14, verse number 14, verse number 14, yeah. Um, Ezekiel chapter number 38, verse number 14, verse number 14. It says, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, Thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of, the next thing say, Israel, Dwelleth safely, shall thou not know it? And then it says, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north. You've got to know what country is in the north. Russia. All right? And thou shalt come up against my people of it. I'm going to go back to 15. And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north part, thou and many people with thee. All of them riding upon horses, a great company, and a mighty army. And 16 says, And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. This is prophecy here. It didn't happen way back then. It's, ha- it's in the process now. Latter days. It says, it shall be in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land that the heathens may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. 
Verse 17 says, Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old times by my service the prophets of Israel, which prophesy in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And then verse 18 says, And it shall come to pass at the same time when God shall come against the land of Israel saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come in my face. In other words, after a while, God's going to turn loose. He's going he's to release his wrath. See, we're talking about the second world. But we've got to understand there's a prophecy that foretells what is going to happen. Now, I'm going to read these other verses, which I hadn't planned on it, because I was going to save a little bit. But I'm going I'm to show you something in, in Ezekiel chapter number 39. Ezekiel chapter number 39. It's dealing with the same players, okay? Dealing with the same players. Now, okay, I'm, I'm going to just read verse number 11 out of Ezekiel chapter number 39. Because you can go home and, and you can read uh, the first six verses, all right, uh, on chapter number 39. And you, you'll understand now you know who the players are, all right? Now, verse number 11 says this. And this is how we know that what we are seeing now, this is not it. All right. Now, verse number 11 in chapter number 9 says, And it shall come to pass in that day I will give unto God a place there of graves in Israel. The valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers. And there shall they bury God and all his multitude. And they shall call it the valley of Hamongog. In other words, there's going to be a mass killing. A mass killing. The graves, you're going to have graves in Israel. You're going to also have graves over there in, 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 the, in the Gaza Strip. But I want you to see what the rest of the story says. All right? Verse number 12 says, And seven months shall the house of Israel be bearing of them that they may cleanse the land. That's a whole lot of dead people. That it's going to take seven months to bury them. Seven months. We ain't got to that kind of killing yet. Seven, seven months. Now, this is prophecy. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. What we see now is just, it's just, it's just a drop in the bucket when it comes down to the death that we see. Because it, it will get a whole lot worse. All right? It says it got to cleanse the land. Now, verse 13 says this. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown the day that I shall be glorified, said the Lord God. How is it? God's going to be glorified. Because he's, he's going to be glorified. The, the enemy will know that he is God. See, right now, the Gentiles are being drafted in, all right? Israel has been spiritually blinded because they do not believe in Jesus Christ. They, some, of them might, some of them might, but the majority of them do not believe. The Jews do not believe in Jesus Christ. But they have to become a believer. You've got to go to the book of Romans. To, to, I think it's 10, 11, and 12. You've got to go to that book in the book of Romans, and it will let us know that the Gentiles have been drafted in. And the reason why they've been drafted in is because Israel did not believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. See, all these things we have 
to know in order to make sense out of this. Now, I'm going to read two more verses, and then we're going to be done. It says, verse 14 in Ezekiel chapter number 39, And they shall serve out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers those that remain upon the face of the earth to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. Mm-mm-mm. And 15 says, And the passengers that pass through the land, when any seeth a man's bones, that means they're going to be there a long time to see the bones, then shall he set up a sign by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamanga. In other words, that's going to be a major burying of dead people. Seven months. And they're going to have to employ people just to bury the dead. I don't think we could be able to eat no more. <laughs> Are we? I don't know if we're going to be able to digest anymore because of the fact there is so much, there is so much that has to, has to take place. There's so much that has to take place before we actually enter into the millennium era. It's very important. But you've got to know who the players are in order to know exactly where you are. It's, it's very important. It's very important. But remember, God's people 